Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. One of the most important aspects of planning is knowing where you've been so that you can know where you're going. This typically comes from some kind of review process. The reason for the review is so that we can plan an accurate course based on where we are now. But that review is a lot easier said than done. I've sat down for many review sessions and realized that I don't have a great way to look back. I'll skim through my calendar and wonder what exactly happened over the last few weeks or months, and kind of shrug and go, stuff, I guess. What that means is that we want to look at how we measure our success. So today, we're going to be talking about how we set our goals, how we can work on measuring their outcomes, and also questioning what actually makes a good measurement. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash indicators. Before we get started, I'd also like to take a moment to let everyone know about the Hacking Your ADHD Patreon. While the podcast will always remain free for everyone to listen to, it isn't free to produce. If you enjoy the show and would like to help support it, here's your chance. And there are some great perks. For example, at the $10 level, I'm going to be releasing bonus content every month, These minisodes are on topics that I come up with, but don't quite warrant a full episode yet. While I may use some of the same ideas in a later episode, these minisodes are going to remain exclusive to the Patreon. If you'd like to hear this one, just head over to patreon.com slash hackingyouradhd and sign up for the $10 a month tier. Alright, keep on listening to find out what's leading you and what's lagging you. Since we're getting ready to head into 2021, let's start off by talking about New Year's resolutions and how they have an astoundingly poor rate of return. Some polls have suggested that only about 8% of people stick with their resolutions. For some people, that means that maybe you shouldn't make a New Year's resolution, and that's fine. I mean, time is just a construct anyways, and there isn't really a good reason that the year starts over in January instead of, say, April. I mean, April to April is the same amount of time as January to January. And, you know, maybe the middle of winter might not be the best time to dedicate yourself to a new approach to life. So perhaps we could just have a second new year at the beginning of spring. Or perhaps next year we'll have our new year after the COVID vaccines really get rolled out and we can get out of the house more. Regardless, instead of just saying New Year's resolutions don't work, I think it's a bit better to examine why they have such a high failure rate. One of the biggest keys I see in this failure rate is that people are pretty piss-poor at setting goals. While that might sound harsh, it's because, well, when you make your goals unrealistic or measure the wrong things, you are setting yourself up to fail. We all know that part of setting unrealistic expectations. For ADHD, time blindness can play a big part of that. Part of time blindness is also having shorter time horizons. This means that it is harder for us to see into the future. We might be able to picture tomorrow, but we have a much bigger problem of picturing things that may be next week or next month, let alone a year from now. This means that when we set some of these goals, we're not thinking about those things that could set us back. We don't think about the fact that our motivation is going to wane. We don't think about the rate we can complete a task. And so we create these goals where we could theoretically complete them if everything went 100% to plan. But in reality, that's never going to work. What we want to look at are the smallest actions we can take that will make change over time. Maybe choosing to have water at lunch instead of a soda. It's not that hard, 
but it's something that's going to get you better result than choosing to outright remove all soda or sugar from your diet. Once that goal becomes a sustainable solution for you, then you can start adding on to that goal. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. And trust me, with ADHD, that's really easy to do. We tend to try and pile on more and more way too quickly. We'll drop the soda from our lunch and think, man, that wasn't so hard. I bet I can do more. And then we'll use that little nugget of success to argue to ourselves that not only are we going to drop soda from lunch, but we're also going to go for a run. And then we're going to completely remove sugar from our diet. And we'll decide to do this after day one. It's hard to let ourselves ease into some of these things. I mean, just not having soda with lunch is a fairly boring goal. And so there might be a part of you that feels like you're not doing much of anything. But we've got to acknowledge the fact that it takes time to see improvements from these small measure goals. Sure, we know that drinking soda isn't good for us, but how much is it really hurting? Well, let's think about that time aspect of it again. We're not just having one soda, we're having a soda for lunch every day. That adds up. And so does removing that from your system. But of course, that's hard to see. Which leads us into what this episode's really about. Lagging indicators. A lagging indicator is simply a measurement that is the outcome of something else. Learning to play the ukulele is a lagging measure of how often we practice. The clutter in our house is the lagging measure of how often we put things away. How much weight we can lift is the lagging measure of how often we're working out. The point here is that the lagging measure is the output of our leading measures. Let's say that I wanted to write a novel. I can't just make the finished novel happen. It doesn't matter how much I daydream about the characters or create little sketches of scenes. The novel is never going to get written if I don't spend the time writing. The finished novel is the lagging indicator of how often I use my time writing. And how often I'm writing is the leading indicator. It's what's going to create the results I want to see down the line. One day of writing isn't going to finish the novel. Or let's say I want to look at increasing the number of downloads for my podcast. I can't just make more downloads happen. I have to create episodes for people to download. The more episodes I create, the more people can download. So for this example, podcast downloads is my lagging indicator, and episodes created is my leading indicator. But it's not that simple either, because let's say I decide to take that to the extreme. So right now my episodes are about 15 to 20 minutes each, and I put one out every week. What if instead I just put out 15 one-minute episodes every week? That would 15x my download numbers, right? Well, of course not. I mean, I might spike a bit in the beginning, but I don't think most people would keep listening. I mean, unless I made those one-minute segments truly amazing. But no, if I wanted to make content that short, I'd jump over to TikTok, and I don't think that's what people want from this podcast. Okay, let's uh, refocus here. What I'm trying to get at is that we don't want to get too focused on only one aspect here. It's important that we're looking at both leading and lagging measurements. Let's say that we want to learn Spanish so that we can talk with someone when we're traveling. This means we're going to need to practice. Our fluency will be the lagging measure, and our practice will be the leading measure. Well, a popular option might be to download an app like Duolingo on our phones and do 15 minutes every day. That doesn't sound too bad. But without testing that lagging measure, we're never going to know if the kind of practice that we're doing is effective. And this is especially important with our goal here. If you only spend time learning how to read Spanish, then that might not be the most effective way to learn how to be conversational. And we might not see that until we get that lagging measure. What we want to know is that what we're doing is effective at getting us to our goal. So our question becomes, how do I know what I should measure? 
Well, we can start off with our lagging measure that we want to change, and then see what we can do to change that number. Remember, a lagging measure is something that we don't directly influence. It's our habits and routines that are going to affect that number. So let's look at sleep. If I want to get eight hours of sleep at night, I can define the number of days that I hit that as my lagging measure. And I know that the number of nights I get eight hours of sleep is a result of the things I'm doing. And this is an important point here because there are going to be multiple things that affect how I sleep. If I'm just measuring the nights I get eight hours, it doesn't tell me anything about the things I did to get that eight hours. For me to hit a goal there, I should also be tracking things like how often I go to bed on time. Did I exercise that day? When did I turn my screens off at night? Did I stay up reading the news and put myself in a bad mood for bed? It's also important to realize that what we measure can have a big impact on what we do. Let's say I wanted to do more reading next year, and so I came up with a goal of reading 30 books by the end of the year. Well, my lagging measure is the number of books I read, and the leading measure is how often I'm reading. On the surface, that seems like a reasonable goal. But there's some problems here, such as it doesn't account for the differences in books. Right now, I'm currently reading the Brandon Sanderson novel, Rhythm of War. It's a big book, over 1,200 pages. That's going to take me a lot longer to finish than another book I read this year, Unsold by Will Wright, which comes in just under 300 pages. If I'm just tracking the number of books I read, those two books are equal in my tracking, despite one being four times as long. If I'm just trying to read as many books as possible by the end of the year, that means I'm going to end up prioritizing shorter books to reach my goal. That might not be the thing I necessarily want to prioritize. Or what if I'm looking at nonfiction versus fiction books? While I find a lot of nonfiction books interesting to read, they tend not to hold my attention as well as fiction. In this case, my books by the end of the year goal is going to start prioritizing fiction over nonfiction just because they're easier to read. And we can take this back to our process goals. If I want to read more books, then a better goal is to set a goal to read a certain amount every day. If I want to read more nonfiction, then I should also make that part of my goal. I can even revise how I'm looking at it as well. Perhaps I'll do better if I use audiobooks for my nonfiction because I can listen to those while I'm exercising or doing chores. With ADHD, we need that feedback that what we're doing is the right thing. That's going to mean looking at both our lagging and leading indicators and also making sure that we're measuring the right stuff. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, when we're setting our goals, we need to focus on the small changes that we can make that are sustainable. Two, one of the things we need to think about when we're looking at our goals is if we're measuring them with lagging or leading measures. Lagging measures are the outcome based lagging measures are the outcomes based on what's happening with our leading measures. And for the best goal setting, we want a mix of both of them. Three. What we choose to measure matters and influences our future actions. Make sure what you're measuring is incentivizing the outcomes you actually want. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hacking Your ADHD. Or you can leave me a question over at HackingYourADHD.com slash contact. And if you want, I can even try and answer that question on the air. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is tell a friend an episode you think they'd like. You could also leave me a rating or review on your podcast player, or you can support me directly by supporting my Patreon and getting some cool perks. Just go to hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. 
The ADHD Rewired Podcast Network also has some other great shows you might want to check out. ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers features in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts. And ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan also has great interviews, but has more of a family focus. So if you're a parent with ADHD or have a kid with ADHD, definitely check that one out. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, I do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. It can't be the end of the year already. I'm not ready to admit 2021. 